Welcome to today's Hubbard and O'Brien Economics Podcast. We're recording this one on Friday, November 13th, 2020. I'm Tony O'Brien. I'm a professor of economics at Lehigh University. Joining me as always is my co-author, Glenn Hubbard, who is a professor of finance and economics at Columbia University. We're happy to have joining us today two recent economics graduates to discuss their experience in taking economics courses and the usefulness of those courses to their jobs. First, we wanna welcome Fernando Zuniga. Fernando graduated in May, 2019 from Penn State, where he studied with James Tierney among other faculty members. James was a guest on an earlier podcast. Fernando currently works at Gaddy HR, a boutique executive recruiting firm that specializes in finding talent within the supply chain and human resources industry. Welcome, Fernando, and thanks very much for taking the time to talk with us. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. Well, let me begin by asking which economics courses you took at Penn State, what your motivation was for taking them, in particular with reference to your principles of economics courses. What did you like best about them? Was there any material you struggled with? If so, how did you eventually master that material? Yeah, so um, to start off with the economics classes I took, um, I took a variety from macro and micro as everybody does, but really I transitioned more into the macro. So um, for example, my uh, major was focused on international political economy. So I was taking uh, advanced courses on international trade. So eventually on the macroeconomics pieces. And from there, I, you know, I really took those because as somebody who was born in Puerto Rico, but was very lucky to travel across the world, I was very interested in understanding really how do concepts apply to different countries in different areas. And from having met so many people growing up, I thought it was interesting to see, to really understand how their perspectives on just life and really, you know, their economies or their areas where they grow up really are different depending on just the, the way they were raised, the areas they come from, and really understanding, again, the, the focus of the, the growth in those countries and also just how they developed overall. And so from there, my, that's why my focus was more on the international side and on the macro side. Um, and then from going on the uh, principles that I enjoy the most, apart from just really understanding different areas of the world on the international side, I, I think for me, economics is incredibly interesting due to it's really based off of rationale and how people think. And I, and I found that very interesting in general, just because at the, at the end of the day, people are very similar, but also very different just based off of circumstances that they come around. And so I mainly wanted to really understand how do people think in general and really see what's, how are they acting differently from what is technically considered rational. One of the challenges I think I had was really wrapping myself around the concepts at first, not just doing economics problems and solving them uh, mathematically, but really understanding why we're solving them and the concepts. And that came more into play later in my courses, where um, whenever I had any real issue, I really sat down with my professors and was asking them the right questions, making sure to take advantage of the resources around me so that when I did have any issues, I could make sure I could resolve them either with them or if I could form study groups really to see what I was missing on those concepts so that I wasn't just answering a question, but really understanding why I was answering. You know, hi, Fernando. Could you tell us a little bit about your job at Gaddy HR? You know, it's a talent firm. So how did you use your talent? How did you locate 
that opening? And did you do an internship with the firm first? Tell us about that job process. Yeah, so I started at Getty uh, roughly just over a year ago. So it's been about a year and I think two or three weeks now. And the way I actually located this job was through a referral um, through the opportunity because I was actually at a, a different opportunity before, um, but quickly within my first three months there, I realized it wasn't the right fit for me just based off the culture and the nature of the role. And uh, I transitioned here um, again around the end of October of last year. And really um, the focus there and how um, my, I would say economics applies here is that for me, my understanding when I was taking my courses was, you know, the, the three factors of production, land, labor, and capital. Um, I thought, you know, human capital was the most important factor, right? When you have good people in a company, essentially they can really do well. And if you're providing them with the right resources and the training and whatnot, you know, they can really help a company succeed for growth and development. And so with my company in particular, as an executive search firm, you know, I'm not just uh, recruiting uh, general population roles here. I am essentially working on really providing companies the support by giving them the right individuals that will help them exceed their objectives for either this year or future growth of the organization. You know, I'm having high level conversations with uh, directors, senior directors, VPs, and that comes in both the supply chain space. So marketing and sales in particular for my for my role, and then also on the HR space, which includes, that could be general HR individuals who oversee a variety of functions or individuals who have specific roles within HR, such as compensation and, um, and even talent acquisition or talent specialty. And from there, I'm really qualifying them and learning their motivations, their skill sets, how, how they've adapted throughout their career and how that can help the client that I'm currently serving at the moment uh, for their growth plans as well, to make sure it's a match on both the individual side and also the client's needs. And by doing that and applying the economics principle, again, of human capital, who is the right individual for an organization, I think that has a lot of implications for really making sure that you are providing the people who have the most advantage to an organization for them to succeed. And also really understanding markets, doing research on competition, understanding which industries may be more limited than others, and really making sure I'm targeting and qualifying the right candidates for the company. So it's an environment where the, you know, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. You know, you get good rewards from doing a good job, but also there's a lot of pressure to perform as well. Since we operate on what is called a retained search firm, which means we are the only ones who work on the roles. So even if our client has an internal candidate, they still have to go through our process. So nobody else is allowed to work on these positions that we are working on, except for our team. And so there's that expectation to perform as well. well that's great. You know, Tony had asked you about uh, everybody's favorite subject, economics and your economics courses, but have you encountered uh, any big economic uh, concepts in your job that harken back to school? And do you think the economics classes you took helped you in any material way, not just a general way, but a specific way in your job? Yeah, I think um, really going back to it, one of the things that I've really enjoyed learning about was, um, I can't remember the actual theory off the top of my head, but understanding comparative advantages and really understanding why, for example, some industries are doing well and also why, for example, some companies have different business models than others um, that help them perform. And to go into both of those, for example, with this pandemic, being in recruiting, at the beginning, once this, you know, everybody entered this recession, 
it became very obvious that recruiting was put onto a halt. <laughs> and so companies were not as inclined to want to hire new individuals, even if they were in a process very deeply for a few months, they put a halt for the most part. But then you realize that other, other companies, depending on their industry, were still moving forward. So a lot of people thought everything was impacted, but really some companies, as much as I, I don't like to say it, they really were able to benefit from this because they were able to maintain, continue to grow, develop their services. So understanding that advantage in the market has also changed how people really view moving forward with another role. You know, in the past, I would ask, I would ask candidates about what are your motivations? Is there any industry that you're not really looking to get into? And once the, um, once the pandemic changed everything, you know, retail, tourism, hospitality, travel, people are less inclined to go into what they describe as pandemic vulnerable industries and are really looking to switch into these other ones, such as finance, which can be risky, but also um, healthcare, tech, thing, other ones along those lines that manufacturing, for example, that here have been able to withstand a lot of the issues with COVID, fortunately. And then under, uh, yeah, it was understanding industries, people's motivations, and then moving forward um, from there, how it's really changed how they view wanting to go to another organization or an industry in general, and then pandemic coming into play, really having to adapt to the needs as well of the organization, because we had to adapt too as a company within COVID. Thankfully, we've been able to do well due to other, um, other business ventures that we also do focus on, not just recruiting too. Great, thanks. Fernando, you know, there are many students, you, you may have been in this situation, who are sitting in the Principles of Economics course and they're thinking, kind of like this material, but I'm not sure if I want to go on and take more economics classes and I'm wondering what I'll do after graduation. Do you have any advice for those students who are trying to figure out whether they should keep going in economics? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, e economics can be I want to say a little a little daunting at first because it takes I think a lot of different areas that people see the people do individually and then bring it all together at once. So you're really there's a lot of conceptual thinking as well of understanding reasons, rationale, logic of individuals. Then also you have to take into account a lot of math skills too. And I think when people start, right, sometimes depending on the school, the intro economics courses can be a little more a little more friendly in how they teach and a little easier just to get people to want to stay, but also some can be those difficult courses to really weed people out. And I think really it has to go with your motivations and to, to keep going forward. I don't think you should be discouraged by a tough grade or a tough class. I think you should really try and go out of your way to really make sure that you are using those resources you have available to you at its best. You know, I really, instead of complaining about a difficult economics class because they were difficult. I spent hours upon hours every day just sitting with classmates and talking. I think you should really take advantage of that because in the end, when you once you move past that initial what if, it's very, very rewarding. Um, I really took the time, for example, with my, my last course, it was advanced international trade, I remember. And we would have problem sets. It would be, I think, two or three questions. Each one had multiple parts. But that that would take me alone eight hours to do and that and you know sitting with other classmates and whatnot and, and i think when there's when there's opportunities for growth and to learn i think it's important to take advantage of them and to keep moving forward and while it may seem difficult it'll be extremely rewarding because you can really apply those concepts to a lot of different things because i'll tell you i didn't think i was going to enter recruitment 
as my area of interest, but really it's really expanded my knowledge because from recruitment, I have expanded to understanding human resources because again, in my, my mind, the value of um, labor and people in an organization is incredibly important. And from learning about human resources, I've learned there's different venues in there to be a strategic business partner for talent purposes on development, on growth, on aligning stri uh, talent strategy with business strategy. So I think that is really interesting, again, on that more specialization, the more um, focusing on specific factors of production within the organization. And I learned all that just out of interest and having an interest from people, but really took advantage of the resources around me when I was having challenges. And it was something I don't regret at all. Great, great. I'm sure students will find that very useful advice. So we've been asking you some questions. Do you happen to have any questions for us? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I know you guys obviously really enjoy economics and have studied a lot about it and written a lot about it. So I was really interested in, under, in understanding, first of all, are there any major misconceptions that people tend to have about economics that you've noticed throughout your time? You know, I think, uh, Fernando, a lot of students think economics, at least as we teach it, doesn't relate enough to the real world. And one of the reasons that Tony and I were excited to work on the book and love teaching this subject is there's tons of real world applications. Everything we talk about has real firms, real policies, real people. You know, I can't imagine a set of courses that could set one uh, better off for a future career. So I, I've always been excited about economics, even though I started out life as an engineer. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that uh, many people see economics as, or maybe criticize economics, because they think, well, you know, if, if you guys and uh, if you men and women really understood how the economy worked, you ought to be able to predict what's going to happen to the stock market. Or, you know, you ought to be able to tell us, you know, exactly when this recession will end and exactly how deep it will be. And, you know, sometimes economists um, get themselves in trouble by pretending to know more than they actually do about such things. But I think, Fernando, as you pointed out, really economics is best at those kind of fundamental issues that apply everywhere and that are not necessarily key to any one particular thing, like the, the stock market or whatever. Yeah, I was in, intrigued by economics like uh, Glenn. I didn't start out uh, majoring in economics. I was actually a chemistry major. And eventually I found the labs kind of tiresome and you know, I took as a distribution course, uh, Principles of Economics, and I thought, wow, you know, this stuff is, is really interesting. And it, it was late in my undergraduate career, so to sort of get enough background to apply to graduate school, I had to like cram in, you know, all the courses I needed in order to be able to declare myself an economics major. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you guys said. I just wanted to, you know, really get an understanding because I think it's always interesting to see the, the motivation right behind why people do what they do. I think it's incredibly important. And then on that note as well, you know, regarding economics moving forward here, you know, with everything that is happening in the country and there is some doubt, are there any areas that you really think from somebody, somebody studying economics that they can really try to focus venturing on into the labor force moving forward or some, some areas that they, you can help narrow down where you think would be good paths to go to? Well, you know, the, the contemporary economy is very complex, but it rewards high skill. And so people who have interest in technology, in human capital, in healthcare, you know, honestly, I think there are opportunities everywhere. The question is just 
making sure you have the right skills for that. And some skills, of course, come from college and courses, but a lot come from what you get at work. You know, you described your work at Gaddy. What you're doing is not atypical of, of many people of accumulating a lot of human capital on the job. And so thinking about your career as a ladder rather than a series of steps, I think makes sense. If the advice I tend to give students is to uh, maybe work on their stat skills, to not just take, you know, they may be required to take a stats course, uh, but to go on, take the econometrics course, and if they can, to master some of the software, because I know that um, the firms that recruit at Lehigh are very interested if, uh, in students who can do data analysis. And I think economists can bring to that, an economics major can bring to data analysis some understanding of you know, how the data was generated and, and the implications of it that somebody who just knows the stats and just knows how to run the, the programs really may not be able to interpret them properly because they, they lack the context that I think economics can give you. Yeah, and uh, I, my last question is, you know, for you guys having, for example, you, Anthony, transitioning from chemistry into economics, was there any issues that you experienced when you were first studying that you had to overcome and how did you go about this? Well, I, I did find initially that it was sort of less math intensive than, than I had expected. You know, there is, there is a funny thing, I guess, that um, may be worth mentioning, that most of the time there's a pretty big gap between the, the math that you need to do undergraduate economics uh, and the math that you need if you want to go on to graduate school, particularly if you want to get a PhD which not very many students do, and probably, you know, probably that's a good thing. But um, the other thing, in addition to statistics that, that students might want to do, if they're thinking of maybe going on to, to at least get a master's degree, which many students do and find useful, and some firms really like students to have a master's degree, is maybe to take more math uh, than, you know, the bare minimum a lot of places. I know Lehigh basically we require a couple of calculus courses, and then you're, you're pretty much off the hook, um, which is fine for getting through the major itself, and but not really enough if you wanted to go on to uh, to do a graduate degree. So you know, but there there is there there is a way in which economics sort of looks more deeply into questions because it requires more than just the math. It requires, as you mentioned, understanding of concepts like comparative advantage and so on. That uh, once you you have mastered those, you begin to see them everywhere, right? That you begin to understand that there's a whole lot of stuff that otherwise seems mysterious that some basic economic concepts can, can kind of clear up. Yeah, I agree with that. When I switched, the, knowing the math first really helped. Then I could really focus on the economics. Great, thank you. No, thank you guys. This was really exciting, great experience. And I'm just glad and you know, feel privileged that I was able to uh, come on and just give you a little, uh, little conversation on my end here. <laughs> yeah, thanks a million and good luck with the job. Thanks guys. You too. Our second guest today is Greg Mitchell. Greg graduated this May from Penn State where he completed a joint BS MS program with a double major BS in economics and international development and an MS in environmental economics. Greg currently works at Bates White Economic Consulting. Welcome, Greg, and thanks very much for taking the time to talk with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. 
Greg, let me begin by asking which economics courses you took at Penn State and what was your motivation for majoring in economics? In particular, with your principles of economics courses, what did you like best about the courses and was there material you struggled with? If you did, how'd you eventually master that material? So I took a number of econ elective courses in international development, um, in urban econ economics, environment economics. For me, I think one of the most influential classes I took actually was my honors econometrics. I think I took my junior year. Uh, for me, that kind of gave me exposure to the way that data is used to answer economic questions, understand economic behavior. And that was just something I wasn't really familiar with before taking that class. Earlier, when I first took the principles of microeconometrics or microeconomics and macroeconomics, I thought that those classes really introduced me to a new way of thinking about human behavior, how people rationalize decisions, how they weigh, how they're going to use one resource over another resource under constraints. And I thought that, that was really kind of interesting and new to me at the time. Uh, I had never taken the economics course before my freshman year and all was just very new to me. And so, and I think my previous understanding of economics before that point was more economics is just finance, it's just bankers, it's just Wall Street, it's not understanding human behavior. And so I thought those first classes really helped me to understand economics on a deeper level, as well as just human behavior on a deeper level. Well, that, that's great. Uh, Greg, could you tell us a little bit about the job at Bates White and how do you locate it? Did you do an internship there first? What was the, the leap from econ to your job? So I think my sophomore year, I had gone to the career fair, uh, walked around, I didn't really know what is I want to do? I, at that point, I already decided my major declared them. And so I was just kind of looking around trying to see things that might be interesting. And so actually that's the first time I stumbled across Bates White. Uh, I talked to people and the summer consultant program is for juniors. And so I was still too young or too early in my academic career to apply. But I did talk to them. I did kind of learn more about what they did. And I think over the course of the next year, I kind of kept thinking about them, kept doing research on them, kept trying to understand what economic consulting was, how to apply my econ degree. I tried to build up a little more skill, uh, a few more skills to later apply. And at the beginning of my junior year, when the application was open, I did finally apply. And I later got that summer consultant position. And so the summer after my junior year, between my junior and senior year, is when I first was a summer consultant there and then got an offer. And then I did say at Penn State for next year, doing my master's, but then I started just last month or two months ago now. Well, that's very interesting. Were there any particular economic concepts that you've encountered on the job so far and any particular ways that your econ classes have helped you with the job you're doing at Bates White? Mm -hmm. uh, so especially, again, the econ metric courses I've taken at Penn State were really useful. Uh, I do a lot of uh, data analysis using mostly Stata. And so my experience, again, with Stata and R at Penn State was really useful. We... A lot of the work I do is in antitrust, antitrust litigation. And so my microeconomics courses are always very useful in understanding monopolies, oligopolies, and just different market structures, and as well as the courses and things I took in industrial organization. That's great, thanks. Greg, what advice do you have for a student who might be in principles of economics course right now and is wondering whether they should go on take more courses and they're wondering what they'll do after graduation if they end up majoring in economics. 
Uh, it sounds like you may have been kind of in that situation yourself. Do you have any advice for them? I would say, so personally for me, it was really useful not only to take economics courses, but then also take courses a little bit outside of the pure realm of economics. Although that gave me a little bit of perspective on how, I mean, I think economics is a great program. I think it's great discipline to study and focus on, but I think taking courses outside of economics also gave me a perspective on how I could apply economics to just other issues that are a little more uh, focused and maybe just as a broad field like economics. So I thought that was really, really helpful. And so me focusing on international development, I got to focus a little more on how econ kind of works in international development. And that just kind of gave me a new perspective on, I think, both fields. Did you know before you took your principles course that you were going to major in economics or did you decide at that point or? It was a pretty random decision, actually. I just had to fill up my first uh, semester of courses and happened to see an honors intro to micro course and signed up. Okay, and then did that, uh, after you took that, was that what uh, decided you that you would uh, go on and actually major in economics? Yeah, actually. I remember that class was really, really useful because it opened, it was a very good intro course because I think it opened the door to so many ways that you kind of use. I learned about game theory, I learned about market structures. And so I feel like we just went over so many different things I had never heard about. And so it really just made me really interested very early on. Was there anything in the principles course that you struggled with? I know there are certain aspects of either micro or macro that students sometimes have difficulty with. And if there was anything, did you, uh, how did you end up overcoming the problems you might've had, if you had any? Uh, I think I struggled a little bit in my intro to macro course, actually. And I think for me, it was just, I think trying to understand, I think accounting, uh, GDP accounting and understanding like government expenditure and all those things was just a little bit like too large of a scale for me to understand sometimes. I think mm -hmm. micro, I think maybe it was just a little more along the lines of how I normally think about things day to day. And I think macro was just so large scale that was a little hard to fully grasp. And so I definitely think I struggled a little bit at the beginning of class, but I think over time I just really, I think reevaluated how I thought about how economy works, how people kind of was organized together. I talked to the professor, worked with him, read the textbook a little bit more, uh, paid more attention in class and just tried to be more engaged and ask more questions in class as well, which I think was really helpful. Yeah, that's also helpful to um, the instructors. I, I know that oftentimes a student will ask me a question and uh, I'll, I'll know once the student has asked it, I'll instantly realize that I bet you that's something that a number of other students are wondering about as well. And so a lot of times when you ask a question in class, you're not only helping yourself, you're actually helping other students in the class who are sitting there and can't quite formulate a question or maybe a little too shy to ask it. Um, and then it gets the instructor to go back over material that probably everybody is finding a little bit challenging. Yeah, exactly. Well, Greg, we've been asking you some questions. Are there any questions that you might have for us? What made you get into econ? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because in my case, Greg, I, I started out in engineering. I, I liked math a lot, still do, uh, but I really thought economics was a way to help people. You know, when I took principles, I actually saw so many ways in which economics could change people's lives, whether it's in the labor market, through saving and investment, through public policies. That's really what got me into it. And I, I, I never looked back. I really did fall in love with economics and principles. 
Yeah, I have a similar story. I was majoring in chemistry and actually I had read um, in high school a book called The Double Helix and it was written by James Watson and it was an account of how he and Francis Crick had solved the structure of DNA. And I thought, wow, that is really very interesting. And so I was taking chemistry courses and, and wasn't liking them as much as I had expected to. Uh, you know, it turned out that the kind of, um, uh, let's discover something really big and win a Nobel Prize idea that you get from reading the double helix is different from kind of grinding through your organic chemistry labs and so on. So I ended up taking um, principles economics course largely because I had to fulfill a social science distribution requirement. And I really liked it a lot. Uh, it seemed to me that it was explaining a whole bunch of stuff that I guess I just had had random thoughts on in the past and I hadn't realized that, gee, you know, if you understand supply and demand and you understand the role that profits play in the economy, you understand comparative advantage, you understand economies of scale, mm. then there's all sorts of things having to do with the economy that become clearer. And also it gives you a different perspective on economic policy, that certain policies probably are not gonna work very well because they don't uh, align very well with the basic economics and other policies might work better. So um, uh, it was pretty late in the game to be switching majors, but I did switch and basically uh, just jammed into my schedule the remaining uh, courses that I needed to be able to declare an economics major and graduate as an economics major. Mm. So I, myself, I actually started my first major, and I only stuck with a major for my very first semester. It was actually information sciences and technology, learning about networking systems and things like that. I obviously didn't stick with it. And so I actually can't tell you that much about it, but it definitely wasn't for me. And I definitely felt that econ was a much better just field for me. I think right. also that econ can make data analytics that you're describing more fun. Sometimes people study only data science, but don't really have an appreciation for the, the models or views of the world that generated those data. So mm -hmm. in some sense, the econ training plus the data is more fun. Oh, for sure. I definitely grew a much greater appreciation for it after taking uh, econ classes and understanding the context of, or creating a new context around solving certain kinds of issues. So Greg, thanks again for taking the time yeah, to talk you, with us you. today. Yeah, I'm sure that a lot of students who will listen to this podcast will find what you said very interesting. They, they may get some guidance as they consider whether they're gonna major in economics and what they might do uh, going forward. So we hope you have a good weekend and you and your family have a safe and happy holiday season. Yeah, Thank thanks. You. Thanks so much for doing this, Greg. And I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, life happens after you change majors. <laughs> you did that. We're all, all examples of that, I guess. Um, yeah. Good. Thanks very much, Greg. A reminder to listeners that this podcast is available on iTunes, where you can subscribe and make us part of your podcast feed please keep checking our blog at hubbardobrieneconomics.com for new content. You can subscribe to the blog to receive email alerts about new posts. And another reminder, if you have an issue or concern you'd like us to discuss in a future podcast, please send us an email at hubbardobrieneconomics at gmail 
www.thinkingdigital.com. Thanks again to everyone for joining us for this conversation. We look forward to connecting with you again on a future Hubbard and O'Brien Economics podcast. We'll see you next time.